with Aaron Cowell. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Thursday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. We have all kinds of things to discuss. Could it finally happen? I've been hearing since the World Cup of 1994 that soccer is going to take hold in America. Could it finally happen? And what will it take? Is Messi enough? Got some interesting numbers about ticket prices. Did you see this? No. Holy Moses. And by the way, how does it feel to be in Florida right about now with your sports? Two eight seeds playing for the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. Messi to Miami. Hello. Florida State. Florida State in the World Series, yeah, finals. Seems like, the problem is for all these, it seems like it's all a bunch of losers. Well, I mean, there's going to be a lot, the of the other, lot of other states At least you're that there. wish there. Yeah. At least you're there. There's so we'll other talk about states it. just sit back twiddling their thumbs watching, I guess, their baseball team lose. I don't know. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk about this tomorrow, too, but I thought, I saw those ticket prices and I thought, holy cow, is it really possible? We'll talk about that. NBA Finals last night. Man, Denver's stars were out in South Beach. So the Nuggets take a 2-1 lead in that NBA Finals series, probably kicking themselves for letting Miami come back in in the fourth quarter of Game 2 or this thing is over. Is it over? Where's Miami? Can they they kind of even it up and then make it a three-gamer? Interesting news in the NBA yesterday. CP3 waved in Phoenix. What does that mean? Was that official? Yeah, I saw they, they were him, having discussions. Yeah, and then they informed him they were going to waive him. But I think there's a possibility he's still there, just at a lot lower price. Or could he go somewhere else? Where else could he go? And then over the weekend, or first of this week, see the LeBron and Kyrie stuff? Uh, I heard a little rumblings about this rumor. So we can hit that. College World Series, Women's College World Series game one last night. Start, stop, delay. At the end of the day, it ended the way that the previous 51 had ended. And that's with an Oklahoma win. I didn't even think OU played good. Really. And they won. Uh, what is? I want to figure out. I mean, you're, you're a softball coach. Uh, I'm. Yeah. Well, for little kids, but yeah. I want to fit. What is the deal with this pitching stuff? What is Florida State doing? I have an opinion. I don't get it. I just don't get it. We know who they're going to throw tonight, and if they don't, the town of Tallahassee may burn down if it's not Catherine Sandercock out there. Who do you think OU will throw? Who should they throw? And then um, this is going to be a hard question for Sooner fans. But you know, now that now that the talk of moving the thing is out, is kind of dwindled down, now it's all about the celebrations and OU rubbing it in pieces, which. Uh, 
do they bother you? If you take off your crimson color, if this was happening the other way, would it bother you? 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. Talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind, feel free to chime right in at 225-9698. Going to be outside the listening area. A couple ways to stay in touch with the show. Log on to KADSAM.com. Download the app. The app has got it all. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News hit the website Wednesday. Pick up a free copy today. It's everywhere. The print edition of the Penny News. Of course, Big Elk and Paragon TV there as well when the high school sports seasons are going. Skinny on Sports podcast is also available. If you miss the show entirely, you can find us anywhere. And I do mean anywhere you find other podcasts that you listen to. Hello, Jared. How are you today? I'm very good. Very good. I, I gotta, Before we get into the sports part of it, it, it occurred to me when I was kind of listening to Jimmy give the weather report. Yes. Is this the longest stretch of amazing weather that you can remember in your life in the state of Oklahoma? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is most recently, sure. I'm sure there's been nicer back in our younger days when we didn't pay attention to it, but yeah, this is nice. This is real nice. I remember about a year ago, we were right there in the middle of a heat wave. The only reason I remember that is because we were supposed to play uh, an end of season tournament, and it actually got postponed because of heat. That's right, <laughs> not because of rain or lightning. Heat. So yeah, I mean this is this is great. Last night practice was awesome, you and know, it was awesome because it gave us a weather delay, and I was able to watch mm-hmm. more or less the entire game last night. The thing that I've noticed about this little stretch of weather, this for one thing that I really enjoy doing, and it's doesn't happen very often. You know what hasn't happened with this weather? The wind. Yeah, it's usually if we have a, a day without rain or heat, we have wind. We haven't had not much weather. All. Gorgeous weather. I yeah. mean, you mentioned earlier in the week I'm driving around this car, uh, the loner Porsche. Well, the AC doesn't work very well in that thing. The AC is row down your windows, but it's been nice. Yeah, it's been it's been perfect time to have to drive that thing around. Yeah. So I bet some scores have been really nice out at the golf course. I just I, I don't know I don't know if anybody's used to being able to play without wind. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Lining up way one way, thinking the wind's going to doesn't. Not it's used to just going there. right down the middle. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, just, I was thinking about that last <laughs> night. Um, I was like, man, it has just been. It hasn't. I think the rain has kind of cooled. Yeah. The air enough. Enough. Man, it's absolutely gorgeous. For a long time here. Maybe a touch of humid at its hottest parts of the day. A touch yeah, but, of not, hu- but nothing that's going to knock you down. No. Or make your shirt just sweat on your body. Here, here's you know, when I realized stick this. Stick on your body. When I was, uh, I went to Walmart yesterday to, you know, get the list. Mm-hmm. Food and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, you know, it's probably 5.30 or 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock maybe when I'm back to the car. Unload, you know, loading up the car with the groceries out of the the buggy. Mm. And when I got in my car, I took my hat off and I thought, hmm, I'm sweating. And then I got to thinking, you know what? I haven't sweat very much so far this summer. No. I had been a lot of sweating going on. Not a lot. And then I started reflecting on the days. I'm like, man, it has been really good golf it's weather. It's been real nice. Real nice, Clark. 
for you. On the text line, make a good point. Let's, we might jinx it if we continue yeah, to well, talk about I, it. Yeah, I get it, but it's the way it goes. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've seen quail everywhere. I'm ready for biscuits with quail gravy. Very good. All right, so last night, game one, Women's College World <laughs> Series. An interesting combination. But all right. You never had quail and biscuits? I've had quail, not quail and biscuits, no. It's like a morning thing? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I haven't like, had it. Or you can do it in the evening. It's whatever. Yeah, sure. Sure. What, who doesn't like quail? You fry the quail like you fry chicken, and then you use the drippings to make gravy? Never That's had what, quail gravy. It's one of Chuck's favorite things in life. He bemoaned Five. that fact at the end that he hadn't got to have quail gravy in a long time. It oh. sounds like a book. Quail gravy. Yeah. Just a little bit different You don't flavor. see that on a menu, though. You know, you don't go down to Janice's and see quail gravy. Well, you don't go down anywhere and see quail no. on the, very no, often no. on the menu. It's a delicacy is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You know, quail isn't always there. Right. All right, so game one last night of the Women's College World Series delayed, what, an hour to start? Then like 35, 45 minutes after... Uh, and it, what half inning and an out, I guess. And then both teams went smoothly from there. Weather, uh, I thought OU was a little shaky early. We had, we talked about painting that picture of how beat them. I thought they gave Florida State that up uh, with a couple of errors. Jordy hit somebody. You know, a few free passes while the offense wasn't going. If Florida State just could not get the big. Uh, they had runners on second and third. I think in the third inning, had runner on second in the first inning. They just couldn't drive anybody in. And that's sort of been Jordy Ball's M.O. throughout this playoff run, right, especially in the World Series. It feels like, unlike anybody else in the tournament, when she gets somebody in scoring position, she really buckles down and then starts making her absolute best pitches from there and is able – how many times has she – you know, the Stanford game, First and second, what in the seventh yeah, inning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when nobody out, and she, you know, she's out of it and starts making the really, really tough pitches. Or her coming back from a three zero and that, able to get the out. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think FSU, even though it's a five nothing game at, by the end that OU wins, I really thought there was chances for Florida State to kind of take control and really put the pressure on the Sooners early on. I did too, and they, you're right. I'm mean, that that was painting the picture and my my heart kind of sunk because i thought what we talked about is actually coming true with the uncharacteristic errors they had a couple of them there i mean the best fielding team in the nation everybody talks about their bats but they and i've always kind of leaned on that they play really 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 good defense behind that pitching and then the errors and and but leaving runners on and um oh, florida state did credit jordy ball for not getting flustered she committed one of those errors like you said and and they stayed the course, and then the bats came alive. Um, and then it almost became what I thought could happen, a run rule. So did the bats come alive, or did Florida State's coaching staff allow them? Well, it it was funny because uh, you know how it works for me. When you get that second time around the lineup, those second at-bats, that's when you see good teams really start to make them pay. And then, of course, Florida State, they, they pulled the pitcher, and they put in – young lady who did not have success she was not having a good good world series what four illegal pitches yeah and you know you shelled her in that first exactly, game when, when they showed say. that stat line and that she was coming in i really expected to see okay this is the one that kind of kept them at bay 
And then they showed she threw like two thirds of an inning, gave up four hits and two runs. I'm like, two uh -oh. runs. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, never mind. I saw that stat line. All I could think about was, what's well, a bold move, Cotton? Let's see if it pays yeah. off for them. And then them. they just and, started teeing off. And they did. You can see it. They were kind of just. You can see it in their in their demeanor, their body language, even the looks on their faces. Like, we're gonna have a good night now that she's in there, and they did. They produced runs, and the rest is history. You know, I thought that the it was either Michelle Smith or Jessica Mendoza or both on the call made a great point. As soon as the pitching change happened, and OU started just blistering the softball at that point, and they talked about how um, Leonard, Mac Leonard, their starter, Florida State starter, how she was almost kind of the perfect pitcher to hold OU down because where did she miss? She always missed low. And it was hard to elevate. It was hard to hit it in the gap. It, you know, OU didn't even hit a home run last night. But then the rise ball came from the lefty, and that's when it was like, okay, it's like chum in the water and the sharks were ready to go. And at that point, it was just – I mean, the way that Jordy had it rolling, you really were – I mean, I was pretty comfortable as soon as OU scored one, and then they got three. And I thought, okay, well, this is – the way she's rolling this thing. It felt like it's, – yeah. it's, It was almost to where it wasn't going to be one swing, you yeah. know, like we had talked about. It was going to take – but, you know, a couple of those errors, and that one swing could have happened early. It just didn't. And so now, man, if I'm a Florida State fan, I, there's one part that I'm, I'm really encouraged by, and that is we're going to put – we're. We're going to pitch our best pitcher. What a crazy idea that is. I mean, I just – what in the world are they thinking? What is Alameda I, thinking? I think – It's a three-game three series. Right. Why wouldn't – if you're going you to give one, yeah. just give up game two. You overthink it when, when you're in these kind of situations against these kind of teams and like OU. And I think what they were thinking is maybe we can get some good breaks, some, some lucky breaks, and steal game one and then have Sander Cock – go out there for game two and I those mean, errors were there and there were those opportunities so you can blame florida state for not not turning those ru those runners into runs not pushing those runs across they had the opportunities more than once and if they had done that and, and then somehow oh you kept booting the ball around or or the bats went silent i mean that's just the chance you take but those unconventional things that we've always talked about you have to do to give yourself a chance so i think in their mind they're thinking Let's see if we can steal this one. See, I, but, I don't but have a me, problem with how they started. Yeah. Because, for one thing, it worked, but also because of the style that Leonard throws, it's a good one to combat what OU does. But when you get it to the fourth inning at nothing-nothing, you have if you're going to change your pitcher, you have to bring in Sandra. Yeah, they should have brought, they brought her in the second. And I, before, and I yeah. get they, they were – if they ever got ahead, that's what was going to happen. Right. They just never got ahead. So, you know – you know, a hit here or a hit there, maybe that we're sitting here going, man, what a brilliant strategy. But from the first, and we've already had this conversation with what Tennessee tried to do. It doesn't, it, it's one thing to try to be unconventional, and I get it. But it's another to have an All American that you're going to throw two games. Why not do exactly yeah. what Patty did and go game one yeah. and game three? And if she does a great job, Maybe she's ready to go today too. Right. I mean, and I I know that that was a big part of their season, and and that they how they how changed, they changed yeah. the the kind of the formula. And the last time they were in this position, 
Sandercock literally just ran out of gas because she had to throw nearly every every inning of the World Series that year. So they're trying to combat that, understand. But at the same time, I mean, it just feels like when, when with this strategy, the way that she carried it through, you're essentially giving up a game. So now you're so now you give up one, and you're expecting to to win them both. Doesn't happen. It could, doesn't seem could, like yeah. It. And that stat of seventy eight percent of the teams that win game one win the series since they've switched to this format. But me, I mean, you mentioned, you know, from a coaching perspective, just win the damn game. Just go win. Well, and just who gives you there, the who, best chance to win? Exactly. It's clearly Sandra That's what I'm Cock. saying. Exactly. you you got to take it one game at a time. You can't overthink it and think it way down the road in situations like this. I mean, any. I mean, just go and put your best versus best, best available. I've always been told that. you got your best available. Throw them. Give yourself a shot, but there's something about the allure of OU softball right now that makes people th- overthink it and question themselves and and make wrong decisions more so than right decisions. I mean, it did. It felt like it, that she wasn't going to start. Uh, I think just the lead up to it, you kind of had a, had that idea. But once again, you get one time through the lineup, and you okay, take take her out, take take Leonard out. That's fine. But you don't bring in somebody that they shelled. Right. And at the end of the day, Scott, maybe, I mean, we may just, this this all, is such, it all, does it matter? Doesn't matter. Does it really matter? OU is just rolling so much right now. And, and like I said, there's a legend that's growing about this team and this program that makes people th- do funny things. But we're witnessing history. We're witnessing, witnessing dominating history in the, in the levels of, say, UCLA men's basketball, UConn women's basketball. Alabama football, the OU football back in the in their heyday in the fifties and and so what? So does it matter? I mean, we can break down, we can we can point fingers at Florida State's decisions, but they're probably going. We're doing everything we can to try to combat history here. Yeah, and just <laughs> the way just, the game. But, an, but here's inevitable. the deal: it does matter because the way the game started, they could have taken control. You're right. Yes, they could. And they, they absolutely. And, and then they didn't, and then it was like, okay, they just kind of quit. You know, once Oklahoma scored those three, and I don't blame. Listen, I don't blame them for not bringing her in when it was three nothing, because the way that that Jordy Ball was throwing, there's no sense in putting her in. Then it's too late. You know, it's over at that point. So we know that that Sander Cock is going to throw tonight. There's no doubt about that. And and I would say probably the next two, if it happens that way. Who do you think Patty throws? I honestly think she throws May. I think she throws May, and because she's she's just as a great. I mean, not as a dominant pitcher as Ball, but I I uh, I wondered, and you saw there at the top of the seventh, Ball and um, um, Patty kind of looking at each other, kind of communicating by head shakes, and and Patty was almost asking her, "You want to come out?" Let me get you out of there. And she's like, no, nah, let me get her. I'll get her. So, But the, they kind of mentioned that. The broadcaster was like, well, are they showing too much by leaving ball in there too long if she's going to go tomorrow and then Florida State's going to see her, uh, be used to her. But I think they do start May, and then I think you could see ball coming in in relief if she's in trouble or even coming in to close like we've seen before, come into the final three outs. But I, my, think, my, I think that's what's going to happen too. My educated guess is May. I mean – I would say May. It wouldn't shock me if it was Taraco, 
even though she hadn't thrown much. It just I just don't think you're going to see Jordy to start. Because now you has that game in the back pocket. Now there is the idea. Here, here's the thing. <coughs> if Mudge doesn't make that catch, and it's a run rule on Haley Lee's three-run home run, I think you I, I think you might have seen Jordy to start again today. But she ended up getting right to 100. I think 97 pitches is what she ended up throwing. You know, that would have saved her, what, 20 at least in that last inning. Then I think there might have been a real conversation about just bringing her back, stepping on their throat, and being done with it. Mm-hmm. But instead, having to, having to throw that, that seventh inning, I do think that – I think you'll see May or uh, maybe all three of them. But ball should come in and pinch run. <laughs> I mean, Isn't listen, that fun with her? I mean, that's I, that, I that's get, a great idea by Patty. Just take her mind off of pitching. Let's go get her out there to run. She got the first run of the game. I get that. Um, I get that the the story that was Canada and and how she was able to hold OU down, and that's cute and it's cool and, and she did a heck of a job. But the MVP of this tournament is Jordy Ball, and it's not close. It's absolutely not close. She's just been incredible. Hasn't given up a run. What walked two, struck out, ended up. Being Are you talking about 29. the World Series or the entire the entirety post-season. of the, po- the postseason? The postseason, the World exactly. Series, the postseason, she's been fantastic. Oh yeah, I mean she's just been incredible. And I think that that you know people getting to see didn't, that maybe haven't watched OU, thinking what are they doing? Why is she running? And then. Start well, to figure out she's one of the better athletes on the team. She can actually hit when yeah. when they let her. So I'm I'm with you. I think we see May to start. You know it's going to be a star. Just a side note: that freshman from I think Arizona. She came in and pinch hit last night. She and hit she a ripped rope it to center field. Yeah, and twice. And she came in against Stanford, and she put bat the ball. Her stats aren't that bad for her freshman year. I and I told Allie last night, keep an eye on. Remember this name. She's gonna Do you be remember one. the name? I don't know. I know. I cannot. I think you're I'm talking sorry. about Jocelyn Erickson. Yes, Erickson. Yes. I remember the Jocelyn. I was like, oh, we're going to have another Jocelyn big hitter or another star for OU softball named Jocelyn. I think so. So, okay. It was a big focal point of the broadcast last night <clears throat> because of the questions that were asked to the Sooners and the way that they answered them. And that is the unapologetic nature of their celebrations. Take off your crimson-colored glasses. If it was somebody else, if it was the other way around, does it bother you? Okay, well, remember you're asking a girl dad here. And, does and, it bother you? And a guy that's that's heavily involved in softball with my kids in, in, in coaching. And stuff that we preach to our kids is, and I guess I'm. it doesn't bother me, because you'll see it when we're playing on the other side the only time it would ever bother me if it's directed towards a team, you know, if they're looking at us and they're waving their arms and, you know, or clapping in our face or something like that. But it's the game of softball. You hear the chants and, and that mojo, that juju that they build up. And if you, you know, that's what they have kind of pointed out in their answers. And other uh, OU defenders will point out too, is that they're not, they're, they're celebrating with each other. They're not celebrating at another team. So, but I think it's a part of the game. It's a part of the sport in softball with the chance and the the overreactive 
response, you know, the the overreactive celebrations as some are looking at it as and but it's not directed towards the other team. It's they're looking back at their dugout going, "Okay, let's go. Let's go." and trying to build up that momentum. I I don't have a problem with it, but again, that's coming from a guy that tells our girls, "You guys got to get up. You you got to get up in the dugout. Let's go. Root on your team. And you get walked, that's huge. You're on base. You could score the next swing of the bat." How about when it affects the game? How, when is it? Give me an example. Oh, last night when the the celebration at second base hit Riley Boone's hand and gave her another base. <laughs> that was such an anomaly. That's I mean, that crazy. You know, that crazy. It literally did affect the game. That at is that point. crazy. I, listen, it here's the thing about it. If I it it's it's so softball centric. I think you make a great point there, because I promise you, if that was happening, if that was happening on the top of the hill. Up here at the fiveplex, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone would be rolling their eyes and pulling their sons out of the dugout and saying, "Stop it, quit." Right. This is you're but, an embarrassment to baseball, but that's the key. It's baseball. It's baseball. That's the thing, it's and I different. think that's what some some people have a problem with. It don't understand. They're not watching enough softball. One, they're put out because OU's winning and winning and winning and winning, and they're not a part of this. They're a Texas fan or whoever, and and two. They don't watch enough softball to understand this has been happening for years and years, not just at OU. I don't. I, well, I mean, look about, okay, when Canada struck out somebody, she uh-huh. freaked out every time. It didn't bother me. That's right. You know what bothered me, though? At one point, their shortstop was waving at the batter as she walked back to the dugout. Yeah, it was the center fielder. Was it the center fielder? Yeah, I the, thought I couldn't tell. It was over her right <laughs> yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. That bothered me. <laughs> Yeah, like, nobody's talking about here's that, the deal. Here's but the deal. they lost, so no but, one's talking about it. I mean, an OU fan can never – I don't care what the other team does. And it, it it could be getting up in somebody's face. I don't care. An OU fan can never criticize another team about celebrations, in my opinion. Because – In softball or ever? In softball. Okay. Because no, of, the, of what I, they do. I mean, like I said, I don't care if it's waving from center field. I, know, I, I don't feel care like what I just, it is. It just felt yeah. like – when I saw that and I kind of wanted to overanalyze it, go, was she waving that – well, who's she waving at? She wave, and that's where I have an issue. If you're waving, yeah, but you like, can't. Bye, but bye. You, but you can't. You can't. Even though your team does it with their own team, they have created kind of this conversation. And I, and you know what? On the text line, Scott, I think he's exactly right. It's all to mot- it's, it's all to manufacture the energy. That's what I said, yeah, the, the because mojo, they the- are so good. And and I actually think this conversation has helped them throughout this series. They're just going to do it more. Well, yeah. and you can you can take it takes your mind off winning a third national championship, being only a second team ever to do that. It takes your mind off of continuing the longest winning streak ever. You can you can turn your focus and your energy on something how in the world can a team with 52 straight wins and back-to-back national titles find a chip to put on their shoulder? Right. Well, they have throughout this. And so that's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Like if I was everybody else, I'd just shut up. Whatever you do, just be quiet. Don't don't criticize. Just all you got to do is just. Man, they are so. They are the best team ever. You know that kind of talk, and try to get that built up. Yeah. And the, like uh, like Nick Saban will say, rat poison. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But instead, there's this conversation. And the questions asked to them, and all it's doing is is providing motivation for a team that seemingly would need it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you hear what Bob Stoops said? Oh yeah, yeah. He gave the perfect coach response. Listen, he's a perfect <laughs> OU coach response. 
Bob ain't gonna have a problem with nothing. <laughs> but it's uh, you know, I think for what they do and how they do it, it's it's as good. It's as it's it's genuine because you're. It's not trying to show up anybody. It's just a way to create the energy that that team feeds off of. And you know, last night it hit the girl's hand, it hit Riley Boone's hand, and she got to take off to third. That was totally. You'll never see that again. And like we got here on the text line, if you hit the cutoff man, that never happens anyway. Well, that's that twice they missed the cutoff man, Florida State. That is, and it cost them. And that's a good point. If they hit the cutoff man, that doesn't happen. But stuff that kept standing out, and they pointed it out on the broadcast. But stuff I'm yelling at ten year olds. <laughs> I just know this: if I'm Florida State, I'm thinking we're toast. Last night was the one we had a chance to win. We even without Sander Cock out there, we could have jumped on him. We had a chance to to really rattle this team. We didn't, and they played about a C minus game. It beat us five nothing. Uh oh. Without one spectacular play, it Uh-oh. could have been a run rule. Yeah, and it was a run rule without a, a great play in left field. It's just like, gah. But it, it goes to the point that we've said as soon as the playoffs started, OU forces you to be perfect. And even last night, they weren't. And it was 5 nothing. So, Twice threatening run rule. Yeah. I mean, it's. Again, the word inevitable is thrown around. It It's just. Feels like it. Feels like it. Another natty for Patty coming tonight. <laughs> Interested to see, you know, let's just pretend like Sandercock shuts them down. Boy, then Lonnie Alameda is really going to have something to answer for. Yeah, Jada Coleman's throw. That was an incredible play. That was awesome. Incredible play. It's just, it is what it is, man. You said it yesterday. We've been trying to create kind of scenarios, not against the that, not against OU, but ways to find like what if, what like else, like how, what would it take? <clears throat> A miracle. That's pretty much it. Because the the problem is, yes, Florida State had those chances early, but as soon as they didn't capitalize, like they know, that's the thing. They know that they messed up. They know that OU knows that they messed up. And then OU knows that they know that OU knows that they messed up. You know what I mean? It's like, this is your chance. And it didn't happen. Third shutout in four games for OU pitching. That's the most since 2014 Florida squad. Hard to beat, man. And, I mean, asking Florida State to beat them back-to-back now when they've lost one game and what now? What are they now? 59-1? and 60-1? and one? So, I mean, it's... It's a bunch. It's a bunch. It's, it seems like an impossible task now uh, for the Seminoles. All right, NBA Finals game three last night down in South Beach. Man, did Denver Stars show up when they needed them most. I asked you this yesterday. I found the stat going into last night. There had been 40 times where the NBA Finals was tied 1-1. The Game 3 winner won 32 of those, which was 80%. And actually, like three of those eight times have been in the last decade. 
San Antonio won game three in 2013, and then Miami won the series. Um, Golden State lost game three to Cleveland back in 2015 in the first title of this run. And then, of course, they did it last year as well. After Boston took a 2-1 lead, Golden State to win that series. So it's really almost – it's been an even higher percentage than 80 that this that the, the winner of game three wins the series. The numbers are staggering coming out of this game. Jokic and Murray became the first teammates to both have 30-point triple-doubles in the same game ever. I'm not just talking about, like, finals. I'm not just talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about ever. An NBA game and never seen that happen with two two teammates having 30-point triple-doubles. Jokic is now the fifth guy in all time in the finals to score 100 points in his first three finals games. Names are pretty good. Got any idea? We could be here all day. Uh, yeah. Michael Jordan? He's not on there. <laughs> I knew you were going to say him. He's not on there. Rick Barry, Allen Iverson, Willis Reed, and Giannis. Last night was the first time anybody had ever had a 30-20-10 game. So, uh, Jokic had 30 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists. First time in finals history that had happened. It's his third career playoff game like that. How many other games like that do you think there have been all time in the postseason? I'll say five or less. He's had three. <laughs> He's had three. He's had three of them. There's only been two others. Oh, well, right on. Five. Kareem and Wilt each had one. Man, that is good company. Oh, my gosh. And you see these stats as he's going along there. There was one about halftime that it was only him and LeBron and uh, Giannis, maybe. It's just every game. Jokic is putting up these numbers that only the select greatest of all time have put up. But that was, to me, that was the essence and the difference in this series. Denver's got the best two players. And so they should win. I, I know everybody loves Jimmy Butler. I mean, I, t- I heard him talking yesterday afternoon about he's a surefire Hall of Famer, and I was had to go check his stats. Like, what? I mean, I get it. He's pretty good in the playoffs. He's been really good in the playoffs. But Hall of Fame? What? Jokic is a Hall of Famer. And he played like it last night. And Murray was awesome. And Denver takes the lead 2-1. How much chance do you give Miami from here on out? Very, very little, if not any. Very little. Because I'm sticking with five, so I'm going to stay with that. Very, li- very little chance. I think game two woke him up. Woke up Denver, it looked like. And I said it earlier or yesterday. I think the key is Murray. I mean, Jokic will get those stats. He'll, he'll be awesome. Um, he needs that complimentary piece and, and Murray is that and when man if they're going to do that that's unstoppable well and it kind of proves the point of game two when Jokic only had four assists yeah they were like 14 and 17 in games where he doesn't have 10 they're now 35 and four in games when he has more than 10 assists and that it's not only Murray it's everybody else that gets into the act and not just kind of bogging down watching Jokic score which he can do and he's plenty good at doing that but, man, that's just that. When you watch NBA basketball, you watch the, the you know these high leveraged playoff games. That's what you expect to see. Mm-hmm. The stars be the stars, and the problem for Miami is they don't have anybody on their team like Jokic and Murray 
Butler's good. Don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler has had an outstanding oh, yeah. playoff run, and he's you know he he's one of those guys that you would love to have on your team because he he's carried these guys in a lot of ways to where they've gotten. But eventually, you run into more talented team, and, and listen, they've beaten a couple of them. But it just feels like the Nuggets have everything. The, the Nuggets are going to win this series, and I think you're right. It may be just as quick as five games. I mean, I thought it was going to be a sweep, and now I'm kind of mad at Denver for blowing game two <laughs> in the fourth quarter. That's all we'd be talking about. Well, this is the game I picked them to lose in this five-game sweep. or five. Well, game. if they're up 2-0, it's the game you thought they might lose. Exactly. But being 1-1, yeah, it made yeah. it a lot harder to lose yeah, that Yeah, but I, again, I think game two woke them up. Speaking of waking up, are the Miami fans going to wake up? Okay, so do you know what I'm talking about? They, they're, they're there to start, but then if you'll notice, coming out of the halftime locker room, it was like they were all getting mojitos yeah, and whatever, yeah. oh, and they, yeah. they weren't back on the floor, and that's when Denver really kind of took control. Right. Outscored in 29-20 in the third quarter, and that early part of that third when it, they're just everybody was still at the concession stand. It's so weird. Yeah, it's embarrassing if I'm a Miami fan or or a Miami Heat player even. I mean, they're they're notorious. I mean, remember the well, – I don't I can't remember the finals where they looked like they were done and they were exiting in droves this, the arena. And then LeBron and crew brought them back, and they're trying to – they're running back, trying to get back in to watch the final. That's an embarrassing look. But that's notorious for Miami. You see that all the time. I think it's a thing. Yeah, that, when that right mo- there. When that, I mentioned, I, I'm going to title this show Mojo. When that Mojo's gone, because of <laughs> you're desperately in line to get your drinks or popcorn or whatever, and you can't make it back in time. Yeah, that's a that's a bad look. Yeah, Denver went out, yeah, but just... they're not the only one. I mean, we see that you see it throughout the league, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is the NBA freaking finals. Yeah, I mean, hold it if you got to go so bad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Get back to your seat and twirl the towel and go crazy. It's the finals. You got a shot. You're serious tied 1 1. You're at home. The one thing that uh, Denver was able to do that not a lot of teams have been able to, at least on that floor down there at Miami during these playoffs, they actually shot more free throws than Miami did. The Heat have been really good at knocking down threes and getting to the free throw line a ton. Like the modern, analytic, perfect game. Get to the rim, either lay it in or get fouled, or kick it out and shoot a three. Last night, only 11 of 35 from behind the arc. Denver only made 5 of 18, which is if you'd have kind of told Miami fans that Denver's going to make 5 of 18 from 3, probably felt pretty decent about your chances. But Denver did a really good job of getting to the line, 22 of 27. So they shot eight more free throws than Miami did. And so that kind of counteracts the the 6-3 discrepancy that they were down. Five, 11 to 5 as far as makes but it was 6 6 less makes on 17 less attempts so that just tells you Denver controlled the painted area all night long shoot over 50% and text line's right Miami they live and die by the 3 if they'll knock down a whole bunch of them like they did in game 2 they're going to have a chance to win if they can't they won't and even the game they did they did almost shoot 50% for 3 they still should have lost Denver still had that game won. So this is – I'm afraid it's the mismatch we all thought it was. And Denver 
it's speaking of inevitable. Boy, it feels like it's inevitable that the Nuggets win this game, win this series, mm-hmm. and I think it's sooner rather than later. So CP3 was cut, was waived yesterday in mm. Phoenix. There's been a lot of reports flying around out there that they're they're desperately trying to offload DeAndre. Now they offload Chris Paul. Is this a move for something bigger, or is this a move move Aiton bring back CP just not near at the price tag that would that he would have cost them, and then try to build their team from there? Or is it or is it Kyrie to Phoenix? Oh, Kyrie to Phoenix. Yeah. It feels like a cost-cutting measure with what they're trying to do. Now, I don't know if they're going to try to keep Chris Paul there or not. I don't know. I, I you know, They said they have meetings with him uh, prior to this decision, so maybe that meeting involved, listen, we're going to cut you but resign you at a cheaper rate because we want to we want to be more flexible with the money and get some more help in here or pay some guys and keep them here. We're going to offload this person. So I don't think this would have happened if he, you know, would sign off on it. I mean, he he deserves that much in any franchise for what he's given to this league and his time. But so as I say it out loud, I think he might stay, but it, it's, but the Aiton thing is interesting. I didn't hear the Kyrie thing. Now, the thing I was hearing about Kyrie was him trying to get LeBron to join him. Yeah, there was that in Dallas. I mean, is that, how much smoke is there? I mean, is that real or is that just a lot of banter? I think it's banter. I th- LeBron reportedly was quoted as saying, I'll think about it. I wonder if this... Of course, this, because he wants people to keep talking about him. Well, is the CP is the CP3 move, uh, then now does he have the ability to maybe take a veteran's minimum there at L.A.? With the Lakers, you know that Is was that I wrote that down. It's like what happens next without me talking it out like I just did. But I did think, you know, going going to L.A. and maybe join up with LeBron. That's a possibility, That's I would think. Possibility, but Boston. does that excite anybody? I mean, I love CP. We all do. He's he's such a good dude, and we. I mean, his time here in Oklahoma City with two teams, and you know, kind of rooting for him to actually break through and get a title. But let's be real here. I mean, he's an, he's on the older side of NBA age. Does he really help anybody in win spurts. a title? In spurts, I think he can, but he's not the focal point of anything anymore. And on top of that, I mean, let's face it, LeBron's getting old too. I mean, does that work? I mean, do you put those two together? I mean, it just seems like age pairing with age. If I'm him, I go to Boston. That 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 would actually that. Looks good to me. I go to Boston or Miami. He, you know, Miami. He would look good there as a kind of a Kyle Lowry replacement. Even though he's older, it feels like he's a better player. One of those. Mm-hmm. And then the LeBron. Yeah, I, I, Dallas is an interesting spot because for as good as he is, and as good and as as well thought of. As Luka Doncic is, I don't know how many people are wanting to play for him, play with him. You know, early on, he, he kind of dazzled with his passing, and you kind of thought, man, this guy, he's going to have everybody wanting to play, play with him. Then as time has gone on and seasons have kind of started stacking up, now he seems to have the reputation of just kind of a guy that won't pass, more of a ball hog type guy. 
it's it's weird how much of a of a one eighty. I think the, the idea of him has changed since he came in the league to now. And so I I mean, Dallas looks to be in a pretty good spot. Just off on the surface, they've got Kyrie and 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 Doncic. But is there? Do you think there's a better chance that they they build? I mean, it feels like we're going away from super teams, more of the twosomes. It does feel like that, <clears throat> depending on what Kyrie does. I mean, he could be out in L.A. with Anthony Davis and LeBron, and then all of a sudden we're, we're back to that era. But it, it felt like we're getting away from that. And money was a big part of it, and the CBA I think hopefully protects that as well when they when they kind of figure out what they're going to do for the next one. But do you think there's a better chance that Dallas ends up with, say, LeBron and Kyrie? Is it just Doncic and Kyrie? Or in two years, is Dallas got nothing? Doncic included. He's he's out of there going somewhere else. So you're asking what's happened like in two years or, just, or I start mean, are, of next season? Yeah, start of, I mean, you or think two? there's a better chance they're a super team or a nothing? Wow, I don't know. I actually think it's good night. I mean, has Doncic become that toxic where in two years Dallas doesn't even want him? Then who would? Well, want he him? wants I mean, something else. He wants something. He wants. He out. would want something else. I could go with nothing. I'm pretty. That's where this is headed. Dallas just man, what? A, think back to the title run with Dirk. And how that thing is just kind of disintegrated. They finally have a pick this year. Finally. It's it's strange that they never were able to get the to get the free agents like you thought they would be able to, you know? Mm-hmm. They just never have been able to. And you know, Dallas seems like one of those it's no no state income tax state, you know? Yeah. Big metropolitan area. And it just hasn't worked out. I mean, it feels like Cuban treats his dudes great. I don't know why. I'd love to know why. That it just hasn't worked out in the on the free agent market with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm sure we'll get to talk about this in the morning when Scott drops by. Yeah, but, yeah. But huge news worldwide yesterday. I mean, as much as we can make fun of it a little bit. But it is huge news. With Lionel Messi coming to the MLS. For, to play for Inter Milan. Messi is the first MLS player all time to have won the Golden Boot at the World Cup. And you mentioned Beckham yesterday. There's no doubt that that was a humongous thing when David Beckham decided to play for the LA Galaxy. And now, do you realize who owns Inter Miami? Is it A Rod? David Beckham part of it oh really yeah so he turned he turned that hundred million into the 60 million dollar purchase of inner miami and now here we are yeah he's he's in that group or is the owner it feels like this actually might be it i mean messi's a little older we all know that but he's coming off the the world cup finals win with argentina is this it? it could th- is this the seminal moment in U.S. soccer history where it really did take hold? 
I it it gets it garners some attention. If I see an MLS game on, I might see who's playing. If it's not Miami, I'm probably not going to watch. But if it is Miami, I'll probably tune in and until I'm bored. But it does garner some attention. You did mention that ticket sales are already starting to go a little crazy. Is it just in the city of Miami or where Miami will be going to? People want to see this guy, and that's that's interesting to me. I mean, people want to see this guy. Yeah. So I mean, he is it came on the t- is he a goat? He is one of the greatest of all time when it comes to soccer. Oh no doubt. Which is saying something. There's a lot of greats. So do you, you mentioned that I mentioned that ticket deal? You did you see the tickets? No. So in Miami, it's cheaper. It was cheaper to get a ticket to last night's game three of the NBA Finals than it is to get a ticket to Messi's first game. Well, now, that's, that's, it's, yeah. I get it. There, it the, the seats are much <laughs> more limited. It's like 10000 something at the soccer deal and, you know, what, twenty grand at the at the basketball arena. But that is an amazing statement. I know the, the StubHub tickets for that game went from 81 bucks to like 464 bucks as soon as that was think announced. they'd move it to like, what is it, Hard Rock Stadium? Is that what it's called now? You think they'd move it there? They don't play it there. They play it at a more smaller venue. Yeah, yeah, it's their own. They have their own. Okay, kind of like the Galaxy have their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And and also keep in mind that the the culture uh, in Miami, um, you have a lot of uh, the international flair down there that are really interested in soccer. Oh, it's a great place for him to be. Yes. So it's a great it's a great spot to start in the MLS. You know, and there's there's great fan bases for the soccer team. I know Seattle really embraced their soccer up mm-hmm. there, and uh, there's other places. But it, back to your original question, I mean, is this? It? I don't think so. I think what needs to is this it as far as launching Major League Soccer as as one of the, you know up there with the with the NBA's and Major League Baseball and all those. I I don't think so. It doesn't hurt, but I don't think this is it. I think what needs to happen is that the U.S. needs to produce their own international star. See, that's what I wrote down. Not a star, an international star that is considered like a Messi or a Ronaldo or whatever. That That's a guy that he's known internationally as that guy is a footballer. That guy can play. Which also leads hand in hand with U.S. men have to be able to make a run. And that's what I wrote down yeah. here too. Compete at a high level, and I'm talking World Cup yes. slash Olympics. Yes. Uh, that, this, I think this gets eyeballs. There's no doubt about that. Because even th- this name is big enough that even the people that don't really watch soccer, but are sports fans, they know who Lionel Messi is, yeah. or at least have heard of it. Yeah, yes. You know, and so that draw. I, I, I'm interested. There's to, not a lot of soccer guys that if I ran into in the street that I would know who they are. Like he's recognize a, him? Yeah, he's a face I would recognize. Right. And you'd have to be looking down to make sure you'd see his face because he's so little, but. <laughs> You know that I, th- I think that's it. I think this this can this can be the moment. It can be, but it has to be coupled. This is like the start of the foundation of it. Then leading into, you know, the next World Cup. Here, I mean that's that's yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. the time it's, table. It's, it's this yeah. right here leading into the World Cup here, and making a a, a deep run and having someone, whether or not it's Polisic, whether or not it's somebody else become a global star yes 
and and then you know maybe he can put MLS on a on a on the map to a level that nobody has, and then you get better players, and then all of a sudden your league. It's not just you know it's not just the Premier League. It's not just Bundesliga. Look at me go. It's pretty good. It's not just Serie A. MLS is considered kind of up there with all those things, and it's not right now. So, but man, it's as much as there's been a whole bunch of big time news in sports for this week. You know, I mean, there's been an incredible amount of stuff. Worldwide, this is the biggest one. Yeah, it was huge. And then the you other, think so? and then the, the live PGA. Yeah, yeah. this is bigger than that. Oh, a hundred percent. Just because worldwide soccer matters more than golf. That's true. And then may or this or maybe the other guy, you know, because he turned down hundreds of millions to play in the Saudi league. Messi did. The other guy didn't. He's making two hundred twenty-five million dollars a year. Wow. And guess what I, else? I, guess what else I saw yesterday from Re, Albert Breer. That's kind of, that's a re, a reputable NFL reporter guy. Uh huh. On what what could be the next move for the Saudis? Uh, what's that? Bringing an NFL game over there? Owning an NFL team? Owning a team? <laughs> yeah. <Woo>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quick note before we go. Go ahead. Uh, Vikings have announced running back Dalvin I Cook just saw being this. released. I just saw this. So Cook and Zeke looking for homes. Shock. Thought he had some more gas in his tank. Well, it just goes to show you how much how devalued running back the running back position truly is. That's true. You know they've got to make way to be able to sign Justin Jefferson. You know I mean they've got they got bigger fish to fry Mm -hmm. with the with the salary cap that they have available to them. Probably doesn't mean that they wouldn't want to kind of do what we were talking about with Chris Paul and Phoenix. True. Cut cut him and sign him for less. Right. Which I mean, there's still rumblings of that happening with with Zeke and Dallas. Yeah, I just seen a picture of Dalvin Cook with uh, with the guys down in Miami, and would this be the best offense in the league? Ooh, It'd be a pretty good one. That'd be pretty good. I wouldn't argue against that. Be a pretty, pretty, pretty good one. Might look good in Dallas. Wouldn't be a bad fit there either. Well, Pollard said he's ready to go. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Speaking of uh, the celebrations, what do you think would happen if, say, Jada Coleman hits a home run and does what Will Brinson did last night for the Ra- for the Reds? Did you see that? No. What did he do? Pull up Eddie Radosevich's Twitter. So he hits a home run, to a walk-off home run. By the way, his first in his career. And he literally hits it and turns <coughs> excuse me, turns around to the dugout and he says, This is my effing something, slams his bat down and then takes off. To the opposing dugout? No, no, to his own. Oh. To his own. But it was I mean incredible. <laughs> okay, where's the vitriol for this? Yeah. It's it's for his teammates and his first ever home run. But back to what you said, this is baseball. This is it's a but yeah. I imagine he, imagine. I, I Coleman bet he takes doing one in that. the. I bet he takes one in the yeah. chops. Imagine Coleman doing that though. That's <laughs> kind of welcome to the MLB rookie. Yeah. Yeah. 
crazy. Man, the Reds, him and what was that other guy they just called up and he hit he had a home run in his second game. Eddie De La Cruz, maybe? Hit one 458 last night. Wow. Little looking guy, too. All right, that'll do it for the Thursday edition. Everybody have a wonderful afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.